are at the Coconut Grove at the Ambassador Hotel. It is March 16th, 1934. Sixth annual Academy Awards ceremony. We are honoring movies that were released between August 1st, 1932 and December 31st, 1933. And it's time for the big award of the night. The envelope, please. And the winner is Cavalcade. Oh. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I uh, voted for Cavalcade. We'll I, see. I surely didn't. <laughs> surely did not. Oh, we'll get into Cavalcade in a second. We sure will. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Envelope, please. Sam here. Rance here. And we're going to talk about... Cavalcade, the 1933 Oscars. Yes, uh, Cavalcade was the winner and... The uh, big winner. Big winner, and I gotta tell you, like, this is probably the movie I knew the very least about. Slim to nothing. Yeah. yeah. it was. It's like going in blind, to be honest with you. It was. It was a lot like going in blind. But, uh, this is an interesting year of the Oscars. Yes. This has the longest eligibility period of any Oscars. Oh, right, because what did you say? It goes from when to when this year? You said, like... August, right? It goes from August uh, of 1932 to the end of 1933 because they decided they wanted to make it an annual, like just the year, obviously. That would be wise. But in order to do that, they had to have one year that had more, had a longer eligibility period to even it all out. Right, which is now why we are like finally getting into an Oscar year as we know today. Yes. Yes, we're finally... We're, we're clicking things together. We're figuring it out. <laughs> and, something like that. And um, there's definitely a lot of things this year that I think things... Every year it feels like things shape up more to be like what we think of them being like, you yeah. know? Um, but, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Categories? Yeah. There we go. That have been added in the last couple of years. There's like a shape and a semblance and... Uh, it's broadcast on the radio every single year. It just it feels like something big at this point. So. True, and we've got ten nominees for Best Picture this year, which is, um, which becomes kind of the norm until mm-hmm. what nineteen forty four, I think, when Going My Way wins. That's the first year they they narrowed it back down to five, which is what yes. it was for yes. quite a long time. Now yeah, we're this back is, to we're getting a bunch of nominees craziness. at this point. And there were a lot of movies. Actually, I've seen uh, quite a few of these. Uh, interestingly. Um, 42nd Street uh, was the big... Uh, <laughs> the big musical. <laughs> the big backstage, let's put on a show musical that basically... Uh, it was It's similar in genre to the way that Broadway Melody was. Yes, but it, it is... Okay, it is Much way more watchable is, than the Broadway Melody. It is way more watchable. I'll give it that. Is it a good movie? In my opinion, no. It's really not. Um, I I appreciate it for what it is. Sure. Um, I think that uh, I, I I the type of musical numbers that are in Forty Second Street, the Busby Berkeley stuff, aren't necessarily my t- my cup of tea. Me either. It's, um, it's too much like extravaganza. Too much. Too much show. You know what I mean? It's like if I'm gonna go see that, it would be better to see that live in an audience. That spectacle. Yeah. It doesn't translate well to film for me. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, the point the point of it is trying to, like, find a way to take the stuff and put it onto film. And so they did the overhead shots and the weird concentric circles and right. all these uh, things with the, with the women uh, who are uh, exploited in these, <laughs> Just a tad. In these numbers. Um, 
But uh, but that was like the first of a series of movies that came out. Uh, the Gold Diggers series comes out right. around this point. Um, all the Busby Berkeley movies. And then uh, uh, there's an adaptation of A Farewell to Arms, uh, which is a famous Ernest Hemingway novel. Uh, I'm a Fugitive from the Chain Gang is a... Oh, yeah, we get Paul Muni. Paul Muni movie. He makes his Academy debut. He he does. He gets a Best Actor nom for that. He'll We'll be seeing more of him. He was considered, like, the great actor yes. of his day. Especially in the 30s. I mm-hmm. feel like he racked up the most nominations for Best Actor. Uh, he... Quite possibly. Yes, and we are going to be talking about him in just a couple years when we cover... Uh, the life of Mule Zola. We sure will. <laughs> um, Lady for a Day, Frank Capra uh, movie. Uh, Lady for a Day was remade as Pocket Full of Miracles with Betty Davis. With Betty, yes, That's so right, <laughs> um, so true. Private Life of uh, Henry the Eighth uh, wins. Best Actor was nominated for Best Picture. Have you seen that movie? I have not. I haven't either, and I really want to, because I do love Charles Lawton. I think he's a fun actor. Charles Lawton's great. If you ever get a chance to see uh, Witness for the Prosecution, uh, he's the star of that movie, Agatha Christie story yeah made onto film very great movie very good movie uh she done him wrong which is one of the first uh may west movies that's right and like a racy movie very too. racy very, very racy. racy i love that it's nominated for best picture yeah that's, that's so fun and smiling through um don't know much about that one and then state fair which has been adapted a bunch of times too many times listen i grew up in iowa state fair was like our musical and uh, Oh gosh, we did it like my junior year of high school. I was in State Fair, so really, yeah, I'm very, very familiar. There's so, there's so many versions of it. So you were not? Are you not upset it didn't win Best Picture? And no, that's okay. It doesn't need to. It's not a Best Picture film. <laughs> okay, surely isn't. If you if you say so, I I just hope you're okay. I'm okay. All right, cool. Um, but uh, the movie that wins out is Cavalcade. It also wins Best Director. There's a yes. fun story. I love this story. This is one of my favorite Oscar stories, actually, what happened. Uh, do you do you want to go ahead? I would love to. Right. This was a, a fun year because for Best Director, uh, there were only three nominees. Uh, Frank Lloyd, who ended up winning for Cavalcade. Also, George Cukor for Little Women. And also, Frank Capra for Lady for a Day. But when... The award was uh, announced. The presenter just said, come on up and get it, Frank. And Frank Capra thought he was talking about him. So he runs up to the podium only to find out that he was actually talking about Frank Lloyd. <laughs> so embarrassing. I know. So Don't worry. Don't worry, Frank Capra. You are going to win one very, very soon. Yes. Very, very soon. And you soon. will be way more successful than Frank Lloyd ever was. <laughs> Sorry, Frank Lloyd. Sorry. Uh, it looks like the 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 person who would have presented that, the person who was hosting this year, is uh, Will Rogers, right? The namesake of a very large park here in uh, L.A. That's and, very true, and a beach as well, uh, known for being quite the quippy uh, guy. And uh, he should know, though, that his beach is often referred to as the Ginger Rogers Beach here 
locally. Is it really? Yeah, because that's uh, it's called the Ginger Rogers Beach because it's it's considered to be the gay beach. And you know, that's Los what I've Angeles. Heard. Yeah, I've heard that it's the gay beach, but every time I go there, I don't see anybody else who's gay. <laughs> Maybe we just need to fix your gaydar. I don't know. Maybe that you... could be. I don't know. <laughs> I see a lot of like um, school vacations. There. You know what I mean? Like school field trips there. Yeah. So, like whenever I set up camp, there's always like. 18 school children doing like relay races and then on the maybe beach. maybe you need to, i think it's like one specific part of the little rogers beach too <laughs> maybe you need to uh just go there on a holiday maybe that's <laughs> I do. you work most holidays i work this every holiday that this is the yeah, problem that's true very very true this is the problem i gotta pick my moments better um this is cavalcade uh we'll be getting into talking about the movie itself um as far as some factoids about uh, this movie, uh, it is the fourth film to win without a Best Writing nomination, but the last one to win without a Writing nomination until Hamlet. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, in 1948. So that becomes more of a standard. Again, the Academy is figuring things out, and I don't know if they, um, the way things were nominated was completely figured out until about this time. Right, because so. it does seem a little silly that Cavalcade wasn't nominated for writing. Usually, like, you know, an epic movie like that that covers a huge time period, especially talking about the war, yeah. changes in politics, usually that's a shoe-in for a writing nomination. Well, I mean, on top of that, this was a Noel Coward play. Yeah, Noel it was a... Coward, you know, is a very... And it was a successful play as well. Yes. It was so successful, actually, that uh, they filmed the play mm-hmm. to be kind of like a, a blueprint for the the movie makers. Really? Yes. They were like, we need, we need to see what it looks like on stage because we want to take, you know, their blocking, their choices, and kind of just incorporate that into the film. Yeah, and I mean, of course, Noel Coward was one of the great uh, writers of his time. Very true. Um, and, you know, I'm like looking through his his uh, his credits right now, and it's it's overwhelming honestly how many uh adaptations there were of noel coward works and who directed those movies um i mean probably the most famous is brief encounter yes. which is a david lean film uh, he also did a blithe spirit Yay. which is a which was made into a D- david lean movie a couple years ago blithe spirit was here in la yes and uh, angela lansbury was starring in it still alive oh, here, if anybody's immortal it's angela lansbury noel coward also uh is in the movie around the world in 80 days oh lucky him so he was also an actor but as honestly, well who isn't in that movie i think i'm in that movie and i wasn't <laughs> even born <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a fun one to talk about when we get there. <laughs> Gosh. Um, okay, so But it's Cavalcade that reigns supreme this year. What okay, you know what, I need I just wanna I just wanna get this out here. What what is your reaction to Cavalcade? I just give me your boom. I mean I actually I, I mean I don't think it's like a great movie, but I didn't I didn't not enjoy it. True. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely I, I do. I did I did get, get into parts of it. Yeah. And I didn't hate it. I agree. Completely. Yeah. I was um, I was very surprised at kind of how much I did enjoy it. And yes. how uh, I only, you know, I watched it in two sittings this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of watched it like halfway through and then I was like, I had to stop and do something. And I was like, oh, actually, I want to go back and finish it. I actually wanted to go back and keep watching it, uh, which is usually a good sign. Yeah, it's a... Uh... 
It, it's it, I I watched it last night actually, um, and I was thinking I would probably split it into two uh-huh. and watch half of it last night and then watch the other half this morning before we met. Sure. And I didn't. I watched it all last night. Yeah. And um, I I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like it's entertaining. It, it is entertaining. Now it is uh it definitely feels like it's from play. Yes. It is stagey. Um, stagey. Um. And I, I mean, there's parts of it that are more entertaining than others, but ultimately it, it's dealing with a lot of interesting things. Um, a lot. Yeah. It covers, you know, a, uh, a long time period. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the plot. Let's do it. Cavalcade. Um, it, uh, starts on New Year's Eve, 1899. Correct. Going into 1900. Turn of the century. Um, we have a family... Who's the upstairs? Yeah, it's a very upper class British kind of like noble family. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's the mom and the dad who are lead characters, mm-hmm. uh, Jane and Robert Marriott. And they're two kids. They're two sons. Mario Marriott Marriott. I forget how they pronounced it in the movie. Anyway, and they have two sons, uh, Edward and Joey. Correct. Um, who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know why you're laughing. <laughs> and, uh, I understand. We're looking at the we're looking at a cheat sheet right now. Very to true. be to be fair. Also it's like I'm okay, I feel like I'm a little afraid to say spoilers um on our podcast, but this also this movie came out in nineteen thirty three. Like can we talk about the spoilers of this movie? No, I think we can. There's we there's can one too. there's one big thing that happens in this movie that is going to come back in like sixty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, okay, so we have that family. Yes. And then they have servants. Yes. Um, which uh, let me let me double check names here. Uh, we got Ellen and Alfred, um, and they have a daughter named Fanny, who's a baby at the beginning of the movie. Right. Um, and they're the help. But then, uh, basically, it starts out with this war that I am not a. I don't know that much about. I've never heard of it in my life, and British I British history. Don't think I know how to pronounce the name of it either. It's like Second Boer War. war? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but apparently that happens. That's part of their history. Yes, um, and so they're the men go off to war. The women are left with the kids back at home, um, and then they're worried about whether or not they'll come back. And then they come back. And the help ends up going off and opening a bar. Correct. They, they kind of like uh, split off. It's like it just follows the lives of these two families and how um, it changed from the year 1900 to the year 1932, which I think is the last year that this movie takes place, right? Yeah, on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, yeah. yeah. It goes from, which is kind of cool. I like that idea. Going from a New Year's Eve to a New Year's Eve. Yes. You just see all the changes that happen. And then we deal with a lot in that time period because, yeah. like, right Another after this war, war well. That, well, the queen dies. Right, the queen. And we watch her funeral procession. We do. Um, and uh, there is another war. Um, There's another war, the First World War. The First World War. But before the First World, world War happens, we have a scene where <laughs> one of the kids... Um, one of their kids grows up, gets married to like this family friend they have. Yes. Um, and, uh, he and this girl are on their honeymoon, mm-hmm. sailing on the Atlantic. On a beautiful, beautiful boat. ocean liner. They have this kind of, uh, this conversation that kind of feels a little like, uh, 
I mean, it's a bit on the nose now. It's a little. It's a little <laughs> they talk on the about, nose. Like, death. They talk about yeah, about how they could be happy if they yeah. died right now and stuff. And then they walk away and they reveal that you're on the Titanic. Yes. But what's crazy is that's it. We they, don't. So obviously, we know the Titanic sank and they die. Like the sun is actually dying. Um, but we don't actually. We don't get see the confirmation that they died. We just never see them until they mention it in dialogue. Correct. Later, and and so it's it's very subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> and I wonder if that was like a like an oh shit moment in theaters back then, where there's like you know they walk away and you see the the thing that says RMS Titanic, and everyone in the audience was probably like, <gasps> you know, I wonder if this was like the first movie to actually discuss. The Titanic. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. That would that would have to be something I read. I mean, I imagine it was such a huge event, and it happened when movies were happening. Totally, I'm and assuming... it wasn't that you know long before this movie came out. No, it was, it was uh, still pretty fresh in people's minds. It was uh, what twenty years before yeah, about the movie. 20 years. So, um, so yeah, this was something that a lot of people remembered happening, and people, a lot of people who survived it were alive. So yeah, very true. Yeah, so um, that's kind of. I think it's kind of like a bold um, part of the film. It's very well. I mean, I guess you could compare it to. It'd be like if if somebody, if like that conversation happened on the observation deck of the of nine eleven. Uh, totally. Of oh the my World gosh, Trade it's Center. Like, it's like that movie. Remember me. Uh, with Robert Pattinson, yeah, 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 where in the yeah. very end they pull out to reveal that he's in the World Trade Center right before they crash. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good movie, but kind of a good comparison. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it to the present. We'll bring it. So, yes, it has that, it has that uh, om, omin, ominous. Ominous, yeah. Very, there, it's very, this very ominous very. thing. It was I, That's the word I was looking for a second ago. Oh. They were having an ominous conversation. Oh man, I'm so happy you found it. I, man, it's, you know, I did go to college. I don't know if you... Yeah. Yeah, the degree. Um, anyway, so, um, I just spit on my computer screen. I want everyone to know that. That's okay. It's okay. We're but what's gonna, really It's tragic, really early in the morning. It is early in the morning. Although I must say, I'm very glad that we chose to meet at this time. It was totally selfish of me to, like, want to meet at this time because traffic is horrible on the hour before this. <laughs> no, no. It was totally fine. Um, by early in the morning, I mean, it's, it's 11.30 right yes, now. <laughs> but it's, it's still kind of early. It feels early. It's also, like, really muggy in L.A. today. Yes, it is. I'm, you, it's, you guys be glad you aren't here right now. Unless you're here. Unless you are here. Here right now, then hey, I don't you know. feel our pain. You know what we're doing. Okay, so um, they go through Titanic, they go yes. through the First World War. And then they have literally, they have another death. Like, both their kids both die. Both of their kids die. It's so sad. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the downstairs uh, couple, their daughter, grows up, falls in love. I totally called this, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like she's going to fall in love with that younger son. Absolutely. I knew it. Um, the, they have a daughter named Fanny who falls in love with the younger son. Um, I guess she's devastated when he's died. We don't really we don't see know. her reaction. But that's kind of the thing. We only really ever see the reaction of the tragedy through the eyes of the mother. Yeah. Um. She is. She's the heart of the film. She is the, she's the lead. She's. Very much so. And I will say, like, you know, she has the, she has some moments that are a little 1933 acting. Um, by that I mean a little, um, a little hammy, a little hammy. But there's also there was the scene where she sees her son off at the train. Oh yeah, and she like, oh wait, wait okay, the son or okay, I remember the scene where she's leaving her husband. Yeah, there's that, but okay. then that's on the, yeah, but the later one. in the movie, um, she 
yeah, she, I think it's her son. She sees her son off of the train, and she tells him that she has to stop off and see the father. Um, yeah. And she's at the train station, and her face is, like, through the bars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she, I was just, at that scene, I was like, oh, this is kind of like a little master class. And, yes. And, and acting, because she just does a really great job, and she looks... Um, she, I mean, she obviously was extremely talented. Very. Um, lady, we should mention her name. Her name is Diana Winyard. Winyard, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. That looks right. Winyard. And, and she did not become, like, a huge star, but... No, but I also kind of think it she was She has her, her hand in footprints at the <laughs> Yes, she, she does, for outside of Grauman's because of this movie. Yeah. But, like, she was also, like, she's a British stage actress primarily, and after this film, she didn't really do too many Hollywood movies. She went back to the stage... Yeah, uh, where she's very successful. So I, I wonder if that's her choice. She was like, you know what, Hollywood, not my favorite. Yeah, uh, I'll stick to the stage, which yeah. I think is might be just more suitable for her. She's she's a very talented actress. I really enjoyed the scene where uh, she does find out that her second child is now dead uh, in World War One. Literally, yeah. like moments before, because the, the war comes to an end, the other mother comes over to talk about the fact that their children are seeing are each other, shacking up, Correct. and um. And and they have a conversation about it, and the conversation's like kind of tense, you know. Yeah, it's and like, I don't know. They should be together. You know, they have to. Yeah, and it's like you can tell. The thing that I kind of like about the mom character Jane, uh, Diana Winwood's character, is that you can tell like she wants to move with the times, right? But you still like she has these convictions. Of oh well, that's a person in a different class, but I shouldn't feel like that. That seems to be what she's right. She is trying to like catch up with how yeah. things have changed, but you can you can see her struggling with it. Yeah, and it's I can tell it's also weird because uh, Fanny, the the uh, daughter of the downstairs couple, um, she has become this famous uh, singer mm-hmm. dancer, and so now her family, her mom has money. Um, so they're and, kind of equals now, and in they're this kind of society. equals. But she doesn't have like the grace and the class and the right and the and, years of like etiquette that Jane does. Yes, and yeah. you can tell there there's that tension as well. Very true. Um, oh, yeah, I should there's... mention her dad. That the father, <laughs> the downstairs dad dies. As oh well. yeah, that's right. He does very early on. That's yeah. when I was kind of like, oh, this movie's gonna be a little fucked up, isn't it? Because like <laughs> they were just killing people left and right. I was like, this oh. is like an episode of Game of Thrones. It's really interesting after that dad dies, and he dies in like uh, a he brutal gets, way. He, he gets run over. Yes, by like a horse and carriage. Yeah. He's, um. They like yeah, they like Mufasa him. He just gets like stampeded. Mufasa. He does. <laughs> um. But, like, right after he does that, like, the wife runs out um, to go see what's happening. And we cut back. Uh, there's, like, this little festival going on. And we cut back to the young daughter who's, like, I don't know, like, six or seven at the time. Mm-hmm. And she's just dancing. Yeah. And it's and you just watch her dance as, oh, there's this horrible thing happening. And that's exactly what happens uh, with what I was talking about where um, Jane, the mom, finds out that her second child has died. Mm-hmm. And she goes outside. Yes. Um, and, again, there's another celebration happening outside because the because war has the just come to an end. Because the war literally ends when she finds out. But you see her just in, like, absolute shock. Um, she wanders out into the streets amongst these partygoers, and it's so interesting to see that like duality. Like there's yeah. so much celebration, but she can't participate because she's so um, sad that now she's lost both of her kids. Yeah, you know. So it's I do think that like from a directorial standpoint, 
that's really smart. There's a lot of interesting that, like, choices that he does. Yes, it's it's very interesting. And the montages they have that kind of show the passage of time are interesting as well. Okay, so um, here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. I was reading about this movie, and apparently, like, there's supposed to be segments where there are the cavalcade of horses coming through as they say the new year. Yeah. I don't think I saw that in the movie version I watched. Oh, uh, well, I... I saw the very end. There's the, the like, whenever they have, card. whenever they have the new years, there's, yeah. like, horses behind? I don't think I saw that. Or maybe it just didn't leave an impression on me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't remember I that happening. Good for you. I, I was reading and I was like, did this happen? I was very confused. <laughs> I'm glad you explained explained it to me just then because I kept seeing the horse. I was like, what's the significance of these horses? And you just explained to me why that was significant yes. and asking me if I had saw it, seen it and I had. Well, there you so, go. You saw it. I knew about it. There we go. We see, we work together on this podcast. <laughs> I, that's that's how we... <laughs> we fill in the holes for each other. Um, you know, uh, a couple of little cast notes here. Oh, please. Um, Una O'Connor plays the uh, other mother. She becomes kind of a very popular character actress in Hollywood. And if you ever see the movie The Adventures of Robin Hood, she oh. plays Maid Marian's like uh, lady in waiting or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and so you'll she comes up a lot in in classic Hollywood. She's just one of those people who's a supporting actress in everything. She works forever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of the uh, the young version, the dancing girl of Fanny, um, is played by Bonita Granville, who would go on to become uh, the star of a bunch of Nancy Drew movies in the late 30s, early 40s, when okay. she's a little bit older. And she also plays uh, Betty Davis's bratty niece in Now Voyager. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's crazy. I didn't put that together. No. Oh, how fun. I know, I know. And there's also an actress in here I've heard of called, uh, named Margaret Lindsay, who uh, is uh, in Jezebel. She plays, uh, uh, she's the woman who dies on the Titanic in the movie. Oh my gosh. Um, she uh, is in Jezebel. She plays the woman that uh, Henry Fonda marries. In that he Jezebel. actually marries, right, yeah. right. So, anyway, got some interesting people who have some good uh, kind of character actor B-movie careers here. Yeah. Nobody who um, who's, like, I would say a major star in this film. Definitely not. I will say, too, as well, um, Even I though... think it's the, the downstairs help, the, the, the main... Uh, Mom and Dad downstairs yeah. were original in the original Broadway version of the play, mm-hmm. and they reprised their role. Oh yes, yes, that's so, that's cool. That's kind of a something that that I am fascinated with. I love it when like people originate their um, who originated their role on Broadway carried into the film, and usually if Doesn't they like happen. win a Tony, they'll also win an Oscar. I think that's kind of fun to. Yeah, uh, fine. We'll which performers get, have done that? We'll get one of those at some point. We'll get the Tony Oscar. Yes, we will. I'm trying to think of what the first one was. I don't know, but I have a feeling we're that gonna stumble upon you're it. gonna we're gonna stumble upon it, and you'll know it when it happens. Oh, and, absolutely! And our our listeners will be like, "Whoa! Like it's, it's happening! What? It's finally happening!" You guys, you're you're on you're on watch right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay, so Cavalcade, uh, really interesting movie. Um, Stacked up against these Best Picture nominees, I don't know if it's what I would have chosen, but uh, I've also seen. I don't. I think I skipped over Little Women. I forgot to mention that uh, 
Little oh. Women is also nominated this year. And it's the Catherine Hepburn of yes. Little Women. Catherine Hepburn, Little Women. Uh, I, I've got to say, I think all of the versions of Little Women are good. I don't think there's a bad one. Yeah, they are um, really, really good. Yeah, uh, they're always they're always good movie. It's a really reliable story for whatever reason. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm, sh- I mean, like that was the George Cukor. 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 Um, who doesn't win an Oscar for a while? Way too long. He, Nineteen sixty-four. Uh, he's like one of forever. the top directors of this time period, and and he stays relevant into the nineteen sixties. Absolutely, and that's kind actually of a- into the nineteen early nineteen eighties. His last movie is uh, a remake of a movie. There's a movie called Old Acquaintance. Right. Um, it's remade as Rich and Famous. Um, and it stars Candace Bergen and Jacqueline Bisset. Oh, amazing! And it's directed by George Cukor, and it came out in like the early eighties. And that's the thing too. I feel like um, I read somewhere that George Cukor was kind of branded as this women's director, mm-hmm. you know, and he wasn't necessarily not that he wasn't taken seriously in Hollywood. But I mean, as making as, a movie called Little Women probably does not yes. help. <laughs> and that was, that was one of his first big hits too. Yeah. Um, but he was also in reading. I read Catherine Hepburn's um, biography. <laughs> And she talks a lot about him. They were very close friends. Yeah. And uh, he's not a very showy or a flashy director. He loves no. actors. He loves working with actors. He's like an actor's director. Yeah. Um, kind of like, uh, I guess the opposite would be like, Eli Kazan's more of like a a men's director. Do you know what I mean? Where it's no, like, I understand what you're he saying. directs movies with like a lot of like heavy male leads, but he also like is very much in the actor's... Show. Yeah, like, whatever they need to get the best performance, he will help them get there. Yeah, no. Which I respect. It's kind of like having a... Well, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, it's like having a stage director help you with a play, because yeah. it's all about the words, and the the relationship between the two performers on the stage, that's kind of translated into his movie. Yeah, and George Cukor... <laughs> yeah, I'll save some of what I will say about him until we get to Gone with the Wind year. Mm-hmm. Um, because he comes into play even though he is not the one who wins the Oscar for that movie. No, he's um, not. He, it's interesting that he wins, though, for My Fair Lady because that's a much larger scale production. Yes, very true. Than what he usually did. And what he usually does, exactly. Yeah. Um, very true. Anyway, uh, but uh, Outstanding Production <laughs> is still the name of this Academy Award, even though everything else has the word best on it. True. Outstanding Production is the what we call... The best picture Oscar at this point in time. It makes sense that Cavalcade won. I was reading about it too. It was the second most popular film of the year. It did make a lot of money. I feel like it's a lot of that. Uh, we do this today too. When something, I mean, like the last thirty years, uh, our lifetimes basically mm-hmm. is the is the span. Well, my lifetime right. is the span of <laughs> is the span of this movie and. If you think about if you, if a movie came out that dealt with everything that's happened in the last thirty years, mm-hmm. like people would go and see that because that's yeah. their history. It's like it was the you know the epic movie of the year. We saw yeah. a bunch of um, topical uh, passages in this movie, and uh, again, this is now what the third movie to win Best Picture that deals with war. Yes, and it's uh, wings. It, yeah, this is the third one. And then this one and Cimarron <clears throat> both deal with a huge span of time. Exactly, yeah. And this one does a lot better than Cimarron does, I very will true, say. Very true, very um, true. So again, we're, we're also kind of getting into more like Academy Award cliches of like what's going to be winning. Epic. Huge epic movies, yes. wartime films, changes in society. Uh, the Academy eats that shit up, and this is a perfect example of it. And this is... 
a really good movie that kind of does it well to begin with. You yes. know, it, it does do a really good job. Yeah, I, honestly, like, it, when it comes down to whether or not I'd recommend Cavalcade, um, I mean, like, I don't think it's necessarily for everybody. It's not. But um, I'd say this is not one... This one will surprise you. It is not as... I mean, like, I was reading that it has the lowest um, score on IMDb yeah, uh, user rating of any of the Best Picture noms, mm-hmm. and I it does not deserve that. It is a better movie than Broadway Melody. I it is so a better too. movie than Cimarron. I feel like it just has a very low score because it doesn't have a lot of reviews for it, because I don't think people have remember this movie. No, it doesn't get reviewed a whole lot. People have really forgotten about it, which is a little too bad, because I will say, uh, Diana... Winyard's performance is great. And she did get an Oscar nomination for Best Actress. She did not win. That she did went not win. to Catherine Hepburn for Morning Glory. We, Catherine <laughs> Hepburn, so many Oscars. So many. She and she never goes. <laughs> no, absolutely. She never she's too afraid, which I think is uh hilarious. No, she likes having the Oscars. She mm-hmm. just doesn't uh she's too chicken. She's too chicken. But this is it's I guess that's an important thing to talk about. This is uh uh, we still have only three nominees in director acting categories. Um, yeah, uh, they didn't really pull a whole lot of names. But uh, Catherine Hepburn does win her first Oscar for Morning Glory. I've seen Morning Glory. I have not. Um, and uh, she is really good in it. It's definitely not uh, as good as she becomes. Right. It's still very early, Catherine. It's still very early, Catherine. But she's so. I think different than anything else that was out at that point in time. Very true. The way she talks, the way she, the way she delivers her lines, everything is just so Catherine. It's so Catherine, and I suppose so fresh for that time. So, so it's true. So different yeah. That you can kind of understand uh, why she wins. But I will say, comparing this performance with Diana Winyards, I. I mean, I might prefer Diana's. I know, I kind of do too. I really like felt a bond with her in the film, which I think is what the point is. You're supposed to yeah. really identify with her. You're following her journey. Mm-hmm. And she does a good job of letting you in. You know, you see the pain. You see um, everything she's going through. Yeah, she's definitely a very good actress. I mean, I haven't seen the other nominee. Although, <laughs> what did you think of the ending of the movie? Oh, we haven't so... talked about that. Weird. Okay, so I the, will ending, say. the ending, it's New Year's Eve, 1932, about to be 1933, and um, the husband and wife are toasting again. Toasting again. They're old Kids now. have been dead a while. Kids are dead. They're all by themselves. And we have this, they toast, and then there's this montage yeah. that goes through... Where they're just talk, they talk. They he says something about the advances of society or whatever, and then they have this really weird montage of what life is like right now, mm-hmm. and it's kind of they. It's kind of like a horror movie. It's and jarring. It is in the way they show it. They show there's multiple songs that are very loud, overlapping yes. each other. There's it just looks so chaotic. Chaotic, and it's kind of like. I mean, I feel like it's them commenting on the fact that, like, oh, things aren't better today. We're actually going into a worse time. That's... Do you I know? was thinking, like, either that or they're, like, the calm in the constant storm. 
Mm. I didn't know how like to... Like, they've been able to find peace in this in a chaotic, chaotic world. world yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's... I like that take. Yeah, no, it, it's super weird. And then they cut back to them... Yes, finishing their toast. Finishing their toast. and Yeah, but it, was, it, it really came out of left field. I was just like, what is happening? I know. I, I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to... I know, right? Read Very this. jarring. I feel like I wrote down... Hold on. Let me see. I think I wrote down one more... Oh, I said that ending. Ending. Interesting. Very interesting. Is it saying the future is uncertain? Dumb? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, and um, one of the good things about it is it is open to interpretation, you know? So I feel like a lot of people are going to have mixed emotions when they do see the ending, what they think it is. I also like, I wrote, OMG, they are on the Titanic. Yes! <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I, also, I also wrote here, there's a barbershop... Not a barbershop shop quartet, but at one point there's like, there's like this, this singers? thing. These singers and the young Fanny wins. Oh, the prize. a little performance. Yes. They, and there's those guys singing, and I wrote the barbershop dude who's singing is gay as fuck. Oh yeah. So oh oh, and it's like <laughs> leg motions. That was pretty impressive. I just like, I just dropped oh. an f bomb. You did. It's okay. I did it earlier. Oh my god. <laughs> Words are words. Words are words. Sorry, um, mom. So um, yeah, Cavalcade wins. Uh, oh, and also it's uh, Fox, but the first and only straight Fox production because then it merged unless with we 20th count, Century. Unless we count Sunset, Sunrise. Right, right, right. Which, True. You know, we debated about. So this is the last one to win is just a sole Fox property yes. before Fox merged with 20th Century and became 20th Century Fox. Yes, which they did at the end of 1934. Yes. Uh, neither company was working so well on their own. Uh, Fox also discovers um, in the year 1933, we'll be talking about this again next year, um, a young little actress, I won't say her name, it'll be suspense for next week, they discover a little, uh, probably then four-year-old girl, four or five-year-old girl. um, Her name was Meryl Streep. Her name was Meryl Streep, (laughs) and she saved, and she saved Fox, very little known fact. Um, but in speaking about that, what are we getting into next week, Rance? Um, we are getting into uh, the first full normal year. Finally, finally, oh, I feel so settled now. Yes, I feel like I feel like we have a, a system going. <gasps> Some normal. Both the Academy and us. Yes. Uh, 1934 Academy Award winner for Best Picture is It Happened One Night. We are going to talk all about that. And I, I now this is can't a movie to be more we, excited. Yeah, we have both seen this movie a lot. I've seen this movie a lot. It is a wonderful movie. I'm very excited to. Rewatch it mm-hmm. um, and talk about it next week. Yeah, me too. Um, this is I, this is one of my favorite movies. It's so good. So, so I so, so, so I can't good. wait to talk about it. Yeah. So tune in next week, guys. Uh, you can hear us talk about it happened one night, and we will be with you then. Mm-hmm.